Chapter Three of *The Silver Princess in Oz* by Ruth Plummy Thompson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Three: Gaper's Gulch. Kabumpo, as happy to escape from court life as Randy, moved rhythmically as a ship through the soft spring night, humming to himself and busy with his own thoughts. He scarcely noticed that the highway was growing steeper and narrower until he was brought up sharp by an impassable barrier of rock. Now, Bosch and Botherskites! I was sure this road ran straight to the deadly desert, he muttered, reaching back with his trunk to see that Randy was still safely aboard and asleep. Beets and butternuts! Do I have to turn back or plow through all this rubble? The elegant elephant's small eyes twinkled with irritation, and, easing himself to the right off the highway, he peered crossly up at the offending mass of stone. Finding no way round here, he swung over to the left and examined it closely from that side, and was just about to start resignedly through the brush when he discovered that what he had taken for an especially dark shadow was really a cleft in the rock. It was barely wide enough for him to squeeze through without scraping the jewels from his robe. "'Now, then, shall I risk it or wait till morning?' mused Kabumpo, swaying undecidedly to and fro. "'It might take us straight through to the other side of the highway. On the other trunk it might lead into a robber's cave or plunge us suddenly over a precipice.' Edging closer. The elegant elephant thrust his trunk into the crevice. It seemed smooth and solid, and resolved to try it even though little of the moonlight penetrated into the narrow opening. Kabumpo stepped inside and proceeded to pick his way cautiously along the rocky corridor. For about the length of a city street it ran straight ahead, then curved sharply to the right. Here Kabumpo was heartened to see a lantern hanging from an iron spike, while carved on the smooth rock below was a blunt message. This is the entrance to Gaper's Gulch. Pause here and give three yawns and a stretch for Sleeperoo, great, grand, and most sonorous Gaper. Sonorous Gaper? Ho, ho, hum! Who ever heard of such nonsense? snorted Kabumpo, squinting impatiently down at the notice. Aha, ho, hum! At this point, and without seeming able to help it, the elegant elephant yawned so terrifically his headpiece fell over one ear, and his jaw was almost dislocated. To recover his dignity, and with tears starting from his eyes, he gave himself a quick shake, then stretched up his trunk to straighten his headgear. "'Splendid!' drawled a sleepy voice. "'You may now proceed as before.' Blinking angrily about to see who had addressed him, the elegant elephant spied a round-faced and widely gaping guard standing in a little niche in the rock. Strapped to his shoulders, instead of a knapsack, was a fat feather pillow, and as Kabumpo came opposite the guard's eyes closed, and, falling back against his cushion, he began gently to snore. As Kabumpo stopped in some astonishment, 
the guard's nap was rudely interrupted by a pail full of pebbles that cascaded merrily down over his ears. There were twenty pails operating on a moving belt above his head, and at three minutes intervals they pelted him awake as Kabumpo presently discovered. The buttons on the guard's uniform were illuminated and spelled out his name, Winks. "'Well, do I surprise you?' inquired Winks, shaking the pebbles from his shoulders and rubbing his eyes with his yellow-gloved hands. Kabumpo, too amused to speak, nodded. "'And you surprised me,' admitted the guard, gaping three times just to prove it. "'You, big, enormous, impossible, whatever you are, you! Why, you should have been underground months ago. But that'll all be taken care of,' he added smoothly. "'Just follow the arrows, and you cannot miss. Just follow the arrows. Just for—' As Kabumpo, fuming from what he considered a mortal insult, lunged forward, the little soldier's eyes fell shut again. Held more by curiosity than by desire to continue the conversation, Kabumpo waited for the next bucket of pebbles to shower over the guard. "'Lo, the arrows!' went on Winks, as calmly as if he had not been interrupted at all. "'There are forty guards to point the way. Forty Winks!' he repeated, closing one eye. "'Ha, ha!' To point the way, ha-ha-ho-hum, do you get the point? As Kabumpo started off with a little snort of disgust, he felt a slight prick in his left hind leg, for Winks, just as he fell asleep, let fly an arrow from his old-fashioned bow. Before Kabumpo had reached the end of the passageway, he had passed forty of the Gaper guards. After his experience with the first he did not stop for further talk, but made the best speed possible, resolved to rush through Gaper's Gulch when he came to it without even passing to express his contempt. The Pebble Awakeners were so neatly timed, each guard had a chance to speed an arrow after the flying elephant, and by the time Kabumpo reached the opening at the other end of the rocky pass, he had fourteen arrows prickling through his robe or stuck here and there in his ears and ankles. With his tough hide they hurt no more than pinpricks, but vastly indignant at such treatment, the elegant elephant began jerking them out with his trunk. "'What do they think I am, a pincushion?' "'Huh!' he snorted, pulling out the last one, and relieved to note that Randy had escaped the missiles entirely. Indeed, the young king of Regalia was sleeping as placidly as if he were home in his own castle. Kabumpo, too, felt unaccountably drowsy, and as he pushed his way down into the rocky little glen his steps grew slower and slower. So far as he could see by the light of the last waning moon, there were neither houses nor people in Gaper's Gulch. In the center of the valley the rough stones and brush had been cleared away, and a series of flat rocks were spaced out almost like a gigantic checkerboard. Pausing beside the largest rock, Kabumpo spelled out the name of Sleeperoo the Great and Sonorous. "'What is this, a cemetery?' gulped the elegant elephant. "'But that cannot be, 
for no one in Oz ever dies. Ho, hum. Leaning up against a dead pine and blinking furiously to keep awake, he pondered the unpleasant situation. Then, deciding that, cemetery or not, he must have some sleep, he lifted Randy down from his back and rolled him in a blanket he had thoughtfully brought along. Then, divesting himself of his jeweled robe and headpiece, Kabumpo stretched out carefully beside his young comrade, and in twenty minutes was fast asleep. How long he slumbered Kabumpo never knew, but from a nightmare in which he was struggling in a bank of treacherous quicksand, he awoke with a frightful sinking feeling to find he was surrounded by forty more of the gaper guards. Their buttons were also lit up, and on each plump chest he could read the word, Wake. The wakes were busily at work with pick and spade, and unlike the winks did not seem the least bit drowsy. Half convinced he was still asleep and dreaming, Kabumpo peered out at them through half-closed lids, then gave a tremendous grunt. Great Gillikins! He was sinking! The busy little wakes had dug a trench at least twenty feet deep all around him, and now, careless of their own safety, were shoveling away at the mound on which he was still precariously resting. Quick, a few more to the right, directed a crisp little voice. Watch yourself there, Torpy. Ah, here he comes. Heads up, lads. As the chief wake spoke, Kabumpo felt the mound give way, and down he rolled into the pit, while the wake scrambled frantically up the sides. Did you hear that fierce toot? puffed the little guard, addressed as Torpy. It's awake, fellows. What's wrong with those sleeping arrows? Don't they work any more? I myself saw Forty sticking in the big watsit when he came pounding out of the pass. Hurry, hurry, let's get him underground. And seizing their picks and spades again, the gaper guards began shoveling dirt into the pit, paying no attention to Kabumpo's furious blasts and bellows, which grew wilder and more anguished as he suddenly realized that Randy was no longer beside him. What have you done with the boy? Halt! Stop! How dare you cast dirt on an imperial prince of Pumperdink, or try to bury the elegant elephant of Oz? Shaking the mud from his head and raising his trunk, Kabumpo let out such an ear-splitting trumpet, twenty wakes fell to their knees, and the others dropped pick and shovel and stared at him in positive dismay. "'But, sir, it is quite customary to bury all visitors,' quavered Torpy, as soon as he could make himself heard. "'We'll dig you up in six months, and you'll be good as new. Our dormitories are so very comfortable, and all gapers lie dormant for six months.' "'But I'm not a gaper!' screamed Kabumpo, interrupting himself with a yawn both wide and gusty. "'Oh, but you soon will be.' asserted Torpy, squinting down at him earnestly. "'Why, you're gaping already. Now lie down like a good beast. Sleeping underground is lovely.' "'Lovely!' repeated all the rest of the wakes, beginning to croon as they shoveled. Kabumpo opened his mouth to protest again, caught a bushel of earth between his tusks, and, 
half-choked and blind with rage, the elegant elephant hurled himself at the side of the pit. He could almost reach the top with his trunk, and, as the wakes squealing with alarm shoveled faster and faster, he wound his trunk round an old tree stump, and by main strength hauled himself up over the edge. Now, he bellowed, spreading his ears like sails, where have you buried the boy? Quick, speak up, or I'll pound you to splinters. Snatching a log in his trunk, Kabumpo surged forward. But the terrified wakes, instead of answering, fled for their lives, leaving Kabumpo all alone in the ghostly little valley. Randy, Randy, where are you? Oh, my poor boy, are you suffocated? Galloping this way and that, Kabumpo peered desperately about for a patch of newly turned earth, but only the wind whistling drearily through the dead branches of the pine trees came to answer him. Frantic with worry, the elegant elephant began pounding with his log on the headstones of the dormant capers, trumpeting at the same time in a way to wake the dead. End of chapter 3